0: Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com.
1: Welcome back to the Tube Talk podcast. My name is Dan Carson, joined today by Mr. Viper. How's it going?
2: Yo, what's up, Dan? How you doing, man? We are back in the building. What is going on? Oh, not much. YouTube stuff. Mm. How about you? Just living the life. We had a pretty good episode this week with Christina Fallhorn. So that was very insightful. So yeah, good good time.
1: Yes, that interview coming up very shortly. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, uh, after getting done with that interview, it really, it does not matter what kind of channel you have. Christina has so many insights that any creator could benefit from. I always like to say that because I think sometimes when people hear, oh, it's a channel about real estate. I don't have a real estate channel. They might check out a little bit. They might feel like it's not relevant to them, but it absolutely is. She has been through it. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, but we're going to make you wait because we have some YouTube news to discuss here. YouTube is launching a bunch of features. They're testing stuff out, as always, and we have just been digging into some of these. So there's a couple of cool things. The first one being what they're calling the Popular Segments heat map. This test has been rolled out to just a handful of creators or viewers, I should say, out there, and what it does, basically, I'll explain this. If you're watching a video, there's now a section underneath the video player, that red line that's going across as you're watching the video. And you can see basically that video's retention as a viewer. If we're understanding this correctly, the way they phrased it is that viewers can see a video's popular segments. And so it's just this wavy line that appears over the player and at parts where the lines are going up. That is a more interesting part of the video. That's where people are likely pausing the video. They're rewinding it for some reason. And I, for one, as somebody who works with a lot of creators and looks at a lot of content, we audit a lot of channels on the vidIQ channel. I think this is going to be, just for us as people who love YouTube data, really, really, really cool if it manages to to pass their tests and roll out to everybody.
2: Yeah. It's interesting that they are presenting it to the viewers, because, you know, when you're watching a YouTube video, you don't really think that a viewer would care about the retention graph of a particular video. However, if you can have a graph presented to you that identify potential high points of a video, then maybe that might interest the viewer because they might want to go to that part of the video and say, oh, why are more people watching this part of the video than other parts of the video? So that might be something that is interesting to a viewer. But to me, it's still a little interesting that they made that decision to present that to a viewer it seems to me that it will be more important to present that type of information to a creator. But I guess we already have that in our analytics and the, uh, in the form of the audience retention graph that we get in our studio. So I don't know. I think this could be a very powerful tool for creators. So I agree with you there. If, if you're a
1: creator and you get some insight into perhaps channels, your, I don't want to use the word competition. It's everyone's kind of on their own journey in a sense, but if you're trying to study someone's videos as creators do, they look at thumbnails, they look at titles, they see what trending topics are working in their space. Those are all the surface level things you can look at. But now you can go into a video potentially again, if this is something they roll out officially, you can go into a video and see their highest moments in their audience retention and their lowest moments. And before they even make their video, now they're making decisions on the actual like nuts and bolts of the video as they're putting it together. So really powerful for creators. I was trying to think of a reason. Why why would viewers care, Viper? You're right. And my opinion on this is that if you put your thumb on the video, you're watching on mobile, and you tap it, and you're getting ready to pause, and you're getting ready to move on and look for something else... And you notice a point later in the video that you haven't gotten to yet that a whole bunch of people keep going to. They're rewinding it. You are more likely, I think, to stay on that video. You're like, just like you said a moment ago, like, wait a minute, what's going on over there? I haven't gotten there yet. I was about to click off. (laughs) So this could be a powerful tool to help increase a creator's watch time on a particular video because now their viewers are getting some extra insight. Oh, something is coming. A lot of people seem to watch that section of the video. I should probably at least skip ahead and check it
2: out. Yep. Like you said, it could be an interesting uh, tool for both viewers, but more so creators, just to get that insight into how their other fellow creator retention is doing in a particular video. So yeah, we shall see what happens. But we know how YouTube is. They roll this stuff out more gradually. So who knows when the bulk of us will actually have access to this type of information.
1: Yeah, it should be really interesting. We'll keep following up. This was from the Creator Inside channel, a recent video they've done, so you can check this out yourself. There's some other stuff in there as well. The other one I would say of note that I'm personally interested in are membership milestones. Ooh. Yes, so if you're running a membership program on your channel, which is when you can ha- basically have somebody pay for a monthly fee to support you and what you're doing. You can offer them perks, things like that. If you're running one of these programs and you're streaming... Now, people who are about to hit maybe their second month of consecutive membership can hit a button that will basically give you a special alert in chat that tells you, hey, so-and-so it has now been a member for four months. And this, again, is very, very similar to what you would see on Twitch. Twitch has had their version of this, which is subscriptions, for a long time. And every time somebody resubscribes for a consecutive month, the streamer gets an alert. So. This is one more thing YouTube is adding to their arsenal. And I think this is specifically for keeping live streamers on the YouTube platform. What what do you think of this one?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, concept that we have going on here. So when you subscribe to a channel, like let's say you're watching a live stream. Let's, Let's say you're watching a vidIQ live stream and I don't even think we have this, but if we had channel memberships enabled, if you became a channel member during the vidIQ live stream that is going on, it will be highlighted in green that you would become a channel member and then you will get that recognition in the live chat that you are now a channel member of vidIQ. But now this extends to member milestones in the fact that I think they said that you can once a month have a highlighted message similar to how it looks when you become a channel member. And I guess you can put whatever you want in that message or whatever And it doesn't necessarily have to be a super chat because that's really the only other time where you have a highlighted message when you actually donate money during the live stream. But now, since you're already a channel member, you can like celebrate your milestone of of being like a member from two months or two or more months or whatever. And you can have that special highlighted message to appear during a live chat. So that's another way for members to get recognition besides having their name highlighted in green and different things like that. So pretty cool on YouTube to do that. And the other tidbit is that you can only have access to this particular perk if you pay $4.99 or more. Yeah. Or your channel membership, so this might entice more creators to promote their 499 or more tiers to get people signed up to those. Yeah, it's an important distinction on
1: YouTube if you have a membership program. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it could be 199, but I think you can actually make a membership as low as 99 cents. I believe so uh, yeah. Yeah, so that is one more unique thing when you compare YouTube to other platforms. That's one unique thing about their memberships that if you wanted to try and open it up to more people and uh, you know have those lower tiers, you could. But the fact that they are making this at a minimum four ninety nine kind of tells me, like you said, it's important for people to have that four ninety nine tier available so that they could take advantage of this feature. It's really cool, indeed. Yeah. So another thing we do in these intros is we take a look at Twitter. We take a look at our inbox. Uh, you can always send us an email, maybe asking us a question or two at Talk at vidIQ.com. Or you can use the hashtag Tube Talk on Twitter, and we'll check that every so often. We got an interesting question today. Someone had listened to our previous episode here from uh, just last week, and it's from Route765 on Twitter. And they say, this week's Tube Talk episode with Roberto Blake was pretty insightful. My question is... How much time should I spend building up my social media pages versus working on YouTube
2: videos? What do you think of this? So here's the thing. When you are first starting out, you really should be careful about uh, stretching yourself so thin. If you are a new creator, I would say maybe you concentrate on one, two platforms at the most when you're first starting out because you're trying to build up an audience. When you don't really have an audience yet, it doesn't really make that much sense to me anyway. To try to stretch yourself so thin across different platforms because there are a lot of platforms there are too many of them at this point and it is extremely difficult to try to be present everywhere especially in the beginning when you don't really have the audience to even warrant making that type of choice like what is the benefit of stretching yourself so thin if you don't have the audience to support you being on all of these platforms so it is of my opinion that you should concentrate when you first study out concentrate on one or two platforms maybe youtube and another platform outside of youtube build up your audience, learn how the platforms work, because that's the other thing that's pretty important that a lot of creators don't think about. You need to learn how the platforms work so you can take advantage of everything that the platforms have to offer to you and your audience. So take your time, learn how one or two platforms work, build up your audience on those platforms. And then when you have an audience that warrants you maybe be spreading your wings to other platforms, then maybe begin to branch out. But when you're first starting out, you should not be spreading yourself thin because it doesn't really make sense and it's an easy way to burn out. Absolutely. When I restarted my YouTube journey, just on a personal
1: channel, I started with zero social media platforms. And what I did is I reserved my new name on all of the ones I felt like I'll probably use in the future, right? Even ones I thought, "Ah, maybe I won't use this, like TikTok, for example. I just wanted to make sure that my name was at least reserved, the one I wanted. And little by little, as I got comfortable making videos and as I got comfortable with everything, I started to take some of the content and cater it to those platforms. It's really important, and you alluded to this, to make content that fits the platform. That's why you need to learn about these things. So, yeah, I think when it comes to starting out on YouTube, less is more. And you just want to get comfortable with the flow of YouTube. And, And if you find that this, like opening up more social media channels, is distracting to you, if it's taking away, from your videos somehow then i would just say youtube first just make sure you're getting out the content you need to get out and uh, it's it's extra work i recognize it's extra work because if you simply just post your youtube videos on twitter it's not really going to do anything for you so you do need to take the time to learn about your audience on these individual platforms indeed you are correct there so thank you for your questions and if you ever want to reach out again hashtag tube talk on twitter or tube talk at vidiq.com viper should we get started
2: Absolutely, we have an awesome guest for you today. One of my personal friends, a person who has blown up on real estate YouTube, we get to talk to Miss Christina Smallhorn, who actually spoke at Dishpad Summit as well. So uh, let's get to the conversation. Christina
1: Smallhorn, welcome to the Tube Talk Podcast. How are you?
0: Hi, Dan. Dan, how's it going?
1: I am good. I am good. You hope you're doing well.
0: Yes, I am. I'm just uh, revamping a whole new uh, backdrop here. So it looks uh, cool for my uh, videos.
1: (laughs) You had said that you'd said you you're not quite finished with it yet, but it already looks really nice. And I'm jealous.
0: Okay, well, good. You're allowed to be jealous. I like when people are a little (laughs) jealous makes me feel good about myself.
1: (laughs) Tell everybody about you and what it is you do on YouTube.
0: Um, My name is Christina Smallhorn. I've been a real estate agent for I think 14 or 15 years now. And um, I started a YouTube channel in 2017, struggled for a long time, kind of found my way talking about affordable housing options. And then I really like dove deep into that. And I've grown my channel. It, It will be A year ago, I actually just reached 50,000 subscribers, but I'm nearly at 150,000 subscribers a year (laughs) later. So it's like I gained 100,000 subscribers within a year, which is pretty cool.
1: We are certainly going to dive into that because that is very, very impressive. Just to get a better idea, because when I think real estate channels, I always think of channels that are kind of focused on like a specific real estate market, right? So you would imagine like a real estate agent in Seattle, for example, having their you know their whole channel revolve around, hey, this is the housing market in Seattle, and these are the cool spots you can go to when you visit or move to Seattle. Tell us a little bit about the type of real estate content you make.
0: Well, I tried that, what you're talking about. I did a very, very local, very specific to my area type of channel, but I live in a very small town outside of Baton Rouge. And that didn't really gain a lot of traction. You know, there's only, it's only so many eyeballs that are going to see this little whole bunk town that I live in. It's a small little town. I mean, if you go outside my neighborhood, you see cows and goats and stuff. So I did that whole spiel. Then I kind of like did like, uh, incorporated like the state, you know, like the whole entire state of Louisiana. And that was okay. But my whole goal after 2019 was to try to help as many people as possible. And when I started talking about affordable housing options more, there's so much predatory lending and things that happen to people that are low income that I was like, you know what, this information's good for everybody. It isn't just specific to my town, even though I sell a lot of different types of affordable housing options here. So I was like, you know what, I need to reach as many people as possible. And if I used those kinds of tactics where I just focused in on Louisiana, that wouldn't get out to a broad enough audience where I could help as many people as possible. So that's when I kind of changed my tactic in 2019 is making more nationwide content so I could help more people.
2: So I'm curious, because when we think about real estate, Christina, it's not the sexiest topic in the world. But somehow you have gone to YouTube or come to YouTube, and you've made real estate content digestible for for the mainstream People. So talk to us about how in the world did you make a topic that just not generally exciting digestible for your YouTube audience?
0: I think I got lucky. Well, I'm gonna tell you why. One is when I started on YouTube, there wasn't a lot of real estate agents that were doing YouTube content at all. When I got on there, there was like a handful that were doing it and doing it at a high level. And so, um, you know, I got to like go through all the bumps and bruises and terrible content strategy from the early on. But it wasn't until the housing market kind of exploded in 2019. And of, of course, it's like it's really a trending topic right now. And I just so happened to have a bank of information that was already ready for YouTube to serve to people. And a lot of people are struggling right now to find an affordable house. So it was like two worlds met at once. You know, I had upped my YouTube strategy really well, you know, during the 2019. It's played out pretty well because of the fact that, you know, housing is a hot topic. People are having a hard time finding a house. They're having a hard time finding an affordable housing option. And I think those, when those two worlds met, it's, really helped my channel boost up quite a bit.
1: Let's talk a little bit about because I think that crisis that we're having right now with housing is, you know, it's this big trending topic. It's a very unfortunate topic, but uh I'm trying to ask this about sounding insensitive. Have you leveraged, I suppose, the, you know, the crisis and use that for your content?
0: The only thing I really reflected on was my specific avatar so like my specific avatar is very concerned of a housing crash right so i wanted to tie that in specifically to affordable housing options so like in my most recent video i said a housing crash will not make housing more affordable and then i explained the reasons why in the video and that i know will appeal to my audience there's other real estate channels that focus in on like talking about Bitcoin and buying houses with Bitcoin and and those kinds of things, and that drives a ton of traffic and a ton of views for them. But I'm specifically focused on people that are struggling to find a house. That other type of content would never work on my channel because these people are never going to have or own any kind of Bitcoin. My uh, avatar is much older than that. They're leery of anything that's like digital in that way. So. I try to talk to them and them alone, and that's it. I don't focus on the other stuff.
1: So when you were focused on this trending topic right now, everyone's very interested in buying their first house, perhaps, or buying an affordable house, and it's very difficult right now. Uh, And again, I definitely have sympathy towards that issue, uh, but specifically focused on... Your target audience. So it's, you're not going to follow up on other housing trends. Like if billionaires are having trouble selling their mansions, that's not really, I
0: could care less. Exactly.
1: So (laughs) even if it's the biggest story in the country, that's not what your audience cares about.
0: Absolutely not. And you know, the thing is, is that you're always testing things on your channel. So I talk about affordable housing options. I found something that was really interesting, which was these people in Malibu had taken manufactured homes and they're actually selling as million dollar properties. I tried that video and my audience was like, who cares? I'm like a boohoo, you know, like (laughs) I don't, I could care less, you know? So that was a lesson to me. Anytime I do something that, Caters to a different type of lifestyle that you know these people can't even wrap their brains around, they're not going to watch it. So, you know, there's always a test, they're always trying things just to see how uh, the audience will react. And on my channel, they do not like any, they don't care what eat the rich as far as <laughs> they're concerned. Eat the rich, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Christina. Me and you were recently at Vid Summit, which is a video conference created by creators for creators, and you actually spoke at Vid Summit. And at, in, in your discussion, you talked about finding your Frank, your avatar, as you alluded to earlier. So I'm guessing that can you talk to us about what steps you took to find your Frank? Like, how does one go about finding their ideal audience? Because that's what we mean by finding our avatar, finding our Frank, as you put it as it, finding right. your ideal target audience.
0: Right. So um, I learned from the last VidSummit in 2019 that I hadn't had to focus on uh, one specific person. So what I was doing, I was making content all related about real estate, whether it was like, you know, HOAs and anything that related to real estate. Cause I'm like, I know my niche, I know it, but obviously I didn't because I wasn't getting a lot of traction. So what I learned was that if you go into your analytics and you look to see who's watching, what is the, the highest amount of people watching? So I found out that mostly the people that watch my channel are men and they're in the ages of the, between the ages of 55 to 65. So then I started kind of looking in my comment section Mm. and looking at their profile pictures and seeing, well, that dude's probably around, you know, like that age, you know, like what is, what else is he watching? What is he commenting? And, you know, they have that feature now that you can see all the videos that they, they've commented on. So when you click on their picture, it lets you know how, like, what other videos they've commented on. And then I go to their channel and see who they're subscribed to, what other channels they're subscribed to. I start looking to see what other videos they're watching, or if they have their liked videos on their page where you could see them. I start looking at those kinds of things. And I found that there was a pattern in that. And they really like watching people have an alternative life they have a dream of living off the grid they may not necessarily do that but they definitely like watching that stuff um they're like a diy type person they're slightly political they lean right um you know like i've figured this out by spending hours just sitting there watching what they watch and the more I try to get in that person's head the more I realize that's the kind of content that I'm making for this specific person so it addresses them and them alone and that works because there's thousands of franks I named him Frank because I figured that's that that seems like the perfect name for this guy and it was so funny when I had done that um, that talk at um Vid Summit, that like three days later, when I got back, I got an email from a guy named Frank and I screenshot it and put it in my real estate group just to show him I'm like, look, see, I told you his name is Frank. You know, <laughs> I just knew it. I knew his name was Frank. It had to be Frank. <laughs> but you can name your avatar anything, you know, like once you start doing that, you'll see and you'll just start imagining somebody in your head. And as soon as you start imagining them, you'll be able to name them instantly.
2: <laughs> so you uh, you just alluded to your Facebook group, so we'll talk about how that fits into your your uh, YouTube content strategy.
0: That has nothing to do with my content strategy. I have a um, this is my selfishness. I get the good feels by helping other people. And when I started in this real estate thing doing real, real estate content on YouTube, every time I reached out to anybody in the real estate niche to help me, they're like, Oh, that's nice. That's cute. And they, you know, they kept hanging up the phone on me. And I'm like, you know what, if I ever figured this out, there's no way I'm going to do that to people. Because you know, I'm really trying here, you know, I'm putting videos out every week, I will never do that. And then when Facebook came out with their Facebook groups, I was like, you know what, that's what I need to do. I'm going to put this group together, maybe slowly, but surely people will realize that I'm here to help them. I'm not selling them anything. And then they'll just, you know, I want it to become a collaborative spirit because YouTube and YouTube creators in general all have a very collaborative and helpful spirit, but in the real estate niche, they don't. So it was my goal to change that tune, you know? (laughs) And so I created the group and that's all it is. It's, I mean, it's literally real estate agents from every single company you could possibly think of from all over the world, from Canada to Australia. I mean, they're from everywhere. And we genuinely try to help one another out. We put up our thumbnails, we talk about them. We would put up titles and we talk about those. We just help each other out. It's that simple.
1: What's the name of this group?
0: It's Real Estate YouTube Mastermind. Me and an, another creator named Malcolm Lawson, he and I do it together. And uh, Malcolm has a real estate channel and an outdoors channel. So <laughs> he's been in the mix for quite <laughs> some time. So he's, real, he's just as helpful and he has that same give back spirit as I do.
1: So if anyone wanted to find and uh, join that, it's YouTube Real Estate Mastermind on Facebook?
0: Yes, that's it. Awesome. You'll see the little red and blue little logo on there. That's us.
1: So going back to uh, finding your Frank, uh, as you put it, how long do you think that process took once you kind of went down that road of of finding this persona? Like, I need to target a specific person. How long until you kind of had it all mapped out?
0: You're never mapped out. Honest to God, like that you're never mapped out. Like as much as I think I'm in his head now tomorrow, that could totally change because the news cycles change. And he's very pliable. I will say this because if there's a lot of negativity going on in the news cycle, he's attracted to negative. Right. But if there's a positive spin that week in the news cycle, like I really have to pay attention, you know, cause that's the, <laughs> he's in a, he's in a different mindset. So yeah, he always likes sensational. I'm not going to lie though. He always leans towards the negative, which I, I, it kind of like hurts my soul, but I keep the content itself, you know, very lighthearted because I can't change who I am. So even though I'm giving the information, I try to do it in the most positive way possible, you know, in an honest, honest way, not, you know, sensationalism, even though he loves that. He loves, he loves, he loves (laughs) sensational stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, let me ask you, this is a follow up then. Why did you settle on Frank? Were there perhaps Fred's or Bob's or Tim's that you were looking at as well? Like, and, and then maybe you narrowed it down. Like, was that part of the process?
0: Right. So what I want is totally different than what people that are watching my channel want. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I make it for me, no one's going to watch. Right. Right. So I make it for them because it's not about me. It's never been about me. I've said that a thousand times. Like even though my name's at the top, I'm just the talking head, but I'm really trying to help them. And so the people that watch my channel are a lot of Franks. That's it. So I, if I try to tailor it towards more of what I want to do, that's not going to work. I even said this at VidSummon. I did a video that I thought was pretty cool. I was like, maybe they'll be interested in this. And it was about eco-friendly houses that would be alternative affordable housing options. Well, Frank wants the whole world to burn down. He doesn't even think there's a, a eco-crisis. <laughs> he could care less. And ah. that, that video tanked, tanked, so... Yeah, Frank doesn't care about the environment. I was I kind of knew that, but I was I was hopeful, you know. I was hopeful, like maybe he has a little heart in there, you know. <laughs> he wants to save the world. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, Frank doesn't want to save the world.
2: <laughs> so I want to go back to uh talking about Vid Summit real quick because I've heard you say on multiple occasions that Vid changed your life. It so did. Talk to us about what happened at Vin that changed your life.
0: Well, the whole thing is that I used to think of YouTube as a mechanism to get more leads, and not really a, like a business. You know, like this is my funnel. You know, this is one of my funnels to get more leads for real estate. And it, and don't get me wrong, it worked. There's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But when I am met and talked to so many people in there, they were like, think bigger. This could be a business. Do you really want to sell houses for the rest of your life? I'm like, not particularly. And they're like, think of your channel in a completely different way. Look at it as a business in its own. Think about how many people you could help if you thought of a more nationwide audience and think about ways that you can make and monetize your channel in a way that it is a all inclusive business. And I was like, well, how do I do that? You know, and the more people I talk to the more I realized this could be so much more. And what catapulted my idea of doing this was the fact that, you know, the pandemonium happened. So once that happened, I'm like, you know what? I got to get my butt in gear, really crack down on this channel and turn it into a business. And that's exactly what I did.
1: When you say pandemonium, you're referring to uh, the pandemic?
0: Yes. (laughs) I always like change the name. I'll, I'll call it the panini. The Panini Bread, the Pandemonium. (laughs) I just, I always change the name because it's just like, how many times can you hear the word pandemic in a day? (laughs) And it's like,
2: (laughs) it's true. So there's no way I can have you on a podcast and not ask this question because I know that at Vincent, your speech was titled, how I failed my way to a hundred thousand subscribers. So can you please talk to us about how does one exactly failed their way to a hundred K? Cause that's not really failing when we think about it.
0: Yeah, but there is, it is failing because you're always testing content. Like I just said, you know, like I would tried to do a video and it was really well done, I may add, but I tried to do something about eco-friendly homes and that was a failure really. I I already kind of knew that it it may not connect with my audience, but I was willing to give it a shot. You know, there's always things like I'll put a thumbnail together and I'm like, yeah, I don't really know if this really works. You know, like, I don't know if this is going to work and I put it out and it doesn't work. And I'm like, I already kind of knew that. Why did I do that? So I, you know, I'll change it up, you know? There's always little failures, but you learn from those failures and then you make them better. And that's what I've done since 2019. Every time I put out a video, I'm like, why didn't it work? I even did a series once that I was like, oh, this is going to be great because I saw so many like, bigger channels doing it. And it was reaction videos to like, um, those fix it shows, you know, like, cause there's so many of those HGTV and everybody talks about it, it was trending, you know, that people were talking about how ridiculously stupid that they are, you know, with the, he's a gecko, uh, <laughs> a gecko breeder and she's a gardener and they're going to buy an $18 million house in Canada. You know, it's like, it's a meme practically. And I was like, Oh, this is it. I've hit the gold mine. So I started doing these like real estate agent reacts type videos and they did meh, you know, they, they, they did okay, but not anything to write home about. But it was, it was a test. I tried it. It was a failure, but I learned from it and then I moved forward.
1: Look, as YouTube creators ourselves, we've all been there. Sometimes the next video on your weekly upload schedule is right around the corner, but you have no idea what you're going to record. Well, this exact situation is why vidIQ developed daily ideas. It's our newest tool that can help provide you with up to 50 new video ideas every single day. Your daily ideas are generated by our AI, which analyzes your channel and the wider YouTube community to find trending topics with high view potential. With this new tool, you'll never run out of great ideas for new videos. You can try daily ideas for yourself today by downloading vidIQ at vidIQ.com. When you were talking about a moment ago, the you you had made this eco friendly homes video, it didn't resonate with your current audience, and it seems like that's a bit disappointing mm-hmm. to you. It's something that you you obviously would like to talk about more. Do you have any sort of plans to try and incorporate that kind of content in the future to try and attract maybe that person's name, as I said earlier, is Tim. You know, do you have any plans to try and get Frank and Tim in the same room? I I kind of know what I would say to this, but I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts.
0: So. Yes, I do know. Because again, I I failed at that. But I think it's because I titled it eco-friendly everything else. If I'm showing a house, I can literally say in the video, these are eco-friendly materials that that are made with this, you know, and it's actually cost you less. That's not me forcing the fact that it's an eco-friendly house and shoving it in their face. It's just highlighting that it is eco-friendly. And then it's not as less, it's not as like, in his face like don't force me to do something it's more like oh well that's kind of cool that it's eco-friendly too but i just really wanted a cheap house that's what frank thinks that way you know other people think another way but so that way i would still be able to talk about those things but not like title it that way
1: gotcha because that's kind of what i was thinking as well you you always if you push out a video I was thinking, you know me, I was thinking in terms of gaming channels. You maybe like one game, but you play it in a couple different ways, and one of the ways you play it doesn't resonate at all. The other way seems to do really well. It does come down to the pitch. You know, well, is there a way that audience that normally likes your content would watch this new style that you're doing? And I think the way you outlined it was, was perfect.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm always trying. I'm always thinking like, how can I do this next one? Like, what can I do it better? So like, and I get bored with stuff too. So that's why like I change my background and stuff because I, I talk a lot in my office. So just anything to kind of like spice it up for myself, but not be so in your face, I think is a good thing. Just, you know, maybe like just change a few editing styles just to see if that works. I know that my audience likes words on the screen and definitions of words that they may not understand. And if I have those on the screen, they'll literally you can see it in the audience analytics, they'll pause it and read it or rewind it and read it. So you know, those are the kinds of things that I like pay attention to, to see if it works in the next one. Like to me, you talk about gaming, YouTube is the biggest game of them all, you know, like, and I want to win every single week. And when I do, and it makes me mad. So I'm like, all right, back to the races. How could I organize this next video for Frank and, and win at the game, you know? Love so, it. Yeah.
2: Love <laughs> it. So I want to go back to content strategy real quick because I know that you upload regular video, but you also incorporate live streams into your content strategy. So talk about what live streaming does for you and your YouTube channel.
0: So live streams were extremely huge for me. I had always done live streams. I had done them. um, I used to do a real estate trivia show, which I had a blast at, but Frank could care less about my trivia show. And I used to give away these huge cups. And I mean, it was really fun for my husband and I, but it didn't really resonate with an audience. So again, in 2019, I had kind of given up on the live stream thing. And then I was like, you know what? I need connections with people. Cause you know, we'd all been locked in the house for a while. And I was like, what can I do to bring this back again? The housing market was kind of a hot topic. So I was like, all right, well, let's just, let's do some live streams and talk about the housing market. And maybe I can ask, answer some people's questions in the audience. So whoever might be watching. And um, I did that first one and it was like, that was a lot of fun, you know? And I had about 40 people on there. And then I did the next week at the same time. And then the next week, but what I didn't expect was that those live shir- streams to turn into really a cash cow for me because inevitably somebody during that stream will say, "I have the worst real estate agent on the planet. I can't stand her." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa you're not tied to this person, you know? Even if you signed a buyer's agreement, look, I can help you. Why don't you go ahead and email me, and I give him my email address, and I'll help you get connected. I'm connected with thousands of real estate agents throughout the country. Let me get, you know, give me your information, and I'll, I'll specifically help you. And sure enough." And I call them on the phone and you would think that uh, they got a call from the president. You know, they're so excited. They're like, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually called. Like, of course I called. And I genuinely do connect them with a real estate agent throughout the United States that I either know or they work with my company or something like that. So that way they're, they're taken care of. That is a referral for me. And I, whatever they, the person on the other end sells, I get a 25% referral fee that goes through my company. and I get paid that way. That turned my business around. Honestly, it turned where I don't have to sell houses anymore. I can just send out referrals and other people sell houses. And I get to make videos at home, which is like, I'm living the dream as far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> That's some boss level moves right there. we
0: It was genuine and sincere. Like it just, it came from a place where I was genuinely trying to help somebody. And then that simple sentence out of sincerity resonated with so many people that every time I do say that, even though I was only talking to one person, several people end up emailing me during that live stream. Like, I know you said you would help Jan, but... Ah, uh, can you help me too? I mean, because I'm looking at my area, do you know anybody in my area? and it it really does come from a place of sincerity. I'm not like giving this call to action that I'm strategically adding to my live stream. It's just a genuine conversation, and I'm genuinely wanting to help people and i and I think that resonates with a lot of people in the audience.
1: You're very uniquely positioned in that way, I suppose. i, I I'm trying to think of how another type of channel could leverage that and it's going to be different for everybody mm-hmm. but Having already been a licensed real estate agent, having this network, you asked the question at, at this VidSummit uh, you had mentioned a while back where you're like, how can I grow this channel? And people convinced you that you got to think bigger. you got to think nationwide. And now you're probably thinking to yourself, this is two separate things. This is like YouTube, which I can grow and I believe I can grow it. But then also I still got to figure out my real estate side. You know, I'm still selling houses locally and you managed to marry these two things in the end. yeah uh,
0: i like i think i've sold like i think six houses maybe five houses this year and i've made i've done very well i'm not i'm not even concerned about it like people are like oh your 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 numbers are down this year i'm like okay <laughs> 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 like you have no idea but whatever <laughs> you know? it's fine like this is a much better um This is much better for me because I'm, I am a creative person. I'm easily like squirrel, you know, and this is perfect way that I can help people and facilitate that transaction for them. And they get the house of their dreams throughout the country and they have a good real estate agent. And then that makes me feel good because again, I'm one of these people that I like, I like helping. And so the, the fact that I've helped them, I'm like, yay, that's my currency. And so it, it all works out in the end and it makes me a much happier camper. Much happier.
2: <laughs> I, I think we talked about this before, but I don't remember. Before Vidoma this year, have you ever spoke in public like that before?
0: I did like a like small like real estate things. It was just mostly like why you should be using YouTube for your business and put videos on there. And it was like the literally there would probably be like four or five people in there and they didn't even know how to upload a video to YouTube. So it wasn't it, it wasn't even the same kind of spiel, you know, and it was just a small little group of realtors, but not like to that level, not even close, not anything like it. And there, for a brief moment, I got oh, that, the, the, you know, that bug, that nervous, like, Oh my gosh, huh. what am I going to do? And then I was like the back of uh, the other side were like, don't you do this because you'll regret it. And you'll never be able to sleep for months knowing that you messed this up. And so then I, I, then I trucked through it. I ended up watching it yesterday. Cause they have the replays up. And I was like, I did okay. I'm I'm <laughs> I did. I, I did. Okay. I'm I'm proud of myself because i never done anything like that before. And that was, uh, that was huge. That was a big deal for me.
2: Yeah. You did amazing. You definitely crushed it.
0: I had fun. That was a lot of fun. I'm like, Oh, I want to do it again now.
2: What sort of, cause there's a <laughs> lot of different creators that, that
1: attend these conferences like Vid summit. Uh, and we've talked a lot about real estate creators. What, what sort of tips and guidance have you given to just like a general YouTube creator? Uh, it could be anything.
0: I think it doesn't even matter what niche you're in, you have to study people that are doing it better than you are. So if you have somebody you idolize, and you're like, I'll never get there. Well, yeah, then you'll never get there. But if you go and study that person, study their thumbnails, study their titles, see how they're putting it together when they're putting out content, how often they're putting out content, like just really focus in on that. And then do it your way in your, you know, for your channel, you will win. I mean, they've already, they've already done the hard work for you. You just have to really study that and get into that and start working towards that goal. You know, write it on a sheet of paper. Like I want to get a million subscribers in the next five years, write it on a piece of paper and imagine it, like make it the little plaque there, you know, do all of that and work towards that goal every week. What are you doing to work towards that million subscribers? How are you improving your thumbnails? You know, like really compare the, your thumbnails to to the person you're trying to, to beat, right? Put them side by side. Like this person has a, a thumbnail and you want to do something similar to it. How can you create it? To make it similar, not exactly, don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't rip off that person's thumbnail, but do something that's like that. Maybe it's a YouTuber face. Maybe it's the type of background it is. Like improve that exponentially. I never in a million years thought that that little tiny image made such a big impact on a video. But that little image is <laughs> the part of the content. You know, like if you can't get them to click, then just forget it. Like if you have a crummy title and a crummy thumbnail, nobody's going to watch it. So really focus in on those titles and those thumbnails. So that way you can get more people to click on them.
2: I love that you say that because we talk about titles and thumbnails a lot on this particular podcast. So it's nice to hear as a successful creator re- reinforce that.
0: So important. So important. And it's like, I've been trying to make my, my titles even more impactful and shorter. I used to kind of like do longer titles. And I find that if I do a more impactful, shorter title, they seem to do a lot better. It's one of those things I'm testing. I've failed at a few of those, but I'm still I'm still trying. I've I've had some success with that as well. Some really good success.
2: So along the line to the last question we just asked you, what is something that you wish you knew when you started YouTube that you know now?
0: Again, those thumbnails, like, honestly, I did not realize how important that was. And I remember this is so funny. I was on, uh, you know, like Nick Nimmin has those things where he goes and he gives you the channel reviews. He had said to me, he was like, um, you really need to work on your thumbnails. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know that thumbnail looks good. You know, like he just doesn't understand my niche, you know, like I was just being so like, (laughs) you know, like one of those people, (laughs) YouTube just hates me. I mean, how important is that silly little image? Give me a break. You know, I was so resistant to the fact that my thumbnails sucked, you know, and once I let the ego go and like said, okay, I'm going to study people that are doing it better than me. And how can I make it better for my channel? Then that's when the ball started rolling. You have to kind of put your ego aside. When somebody tells you it sucks, then it sucks and make it better.
1: You said something a moment ago that I've been saying myself, but I've, I haven't put this in a video. I haven't talked about this too much on live streams because it's really hard to explain. Maybe you can help me. You literally said a moment ago, the thumbnail is part of the content. Yes. And I know exactly what you're saying. But mm-hmm. if you were to explain this to someone who kind of like you were just demonstrating there a moment ago, like who's like, no, my thumbnails are great. You don't know what you're talking about. YouTube just hates me. Like, how would you explain that concept? Because I think that is so important to understand.
0: Right. So kind of like I was just as you were saying that if you're knitting a sweater, right, the sweater is there, but you're only knitting with one needle. That sweater is going to take a heck of a lot longer to get to the end, right, to build it together. You need both knitting needles. So like if you frame it out, if you're framing out a video, you're always starting with your thumbnail and your title first and then the video itself. That is your introduction. That is the cover of your book. Right. Yeah. Everybody says, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, everybody does that. So that is your cover to your book. You want them to be able to pick it up off the shelf. That is the content itself. That's why people spend thousands and millions and hundreds of thousands on the cover of the book, because they know that people judge it by that. Think of your thumbnail and your title the same exact way. It is the cover of your book. So that will pull it off the shelf and look at it. You know, that is the content that is 100 percent just as important as making a really cool video.
1: Absolutely. And in terms of title, how important is it for that thumbnail and that title to not be at odds with one another? If you know what I mean?
0: I know exactly what you're saying, because I used to make some thumbnails and I still look at them like those were pretty, but it had no correlation to the title itself. They were pretty fantastic, but they really need to marry against one another. And when it really clicked for me is when I was going through the grocery store one day and I looked to the left and you know how they have all those rag magazines in the aisle, right? And they have all those sensational words that are going across it with really cool titles like, you know, big family secrets with the Royals, right? That was a very short title. It got the point across. And then all these Royals have like these crazy faces, right? And I'm like, that's a YouTube thumbnail right there. Rag magazines (laughs) are YouTube thumbnail. So when I started like making thumbnails that reflected those titles, just like the rag magazines, then I had a lot more success with my videos, a lot more. They have to match. They have to be in line with one another. Because if I if I put family secrets, um, real estate, the the biggest secrets in real estate, and then I had like a happy couple, you know, in a house, it just wouldn't relate. You know, you have to kind of tie that whole thing together. Like the image must match the title and deliver on the promise. That that's you know, if you're not delivering on the promise, then then you're doing bad clickbait. But when you do deliver on the promise, that's good clickbait. <laughs>
1: if anyone's out there is looking for a guide uh, because we get asked this a lot how do i make a good thumbnail you should maybe this strategy might work this worked for me focus on your title focus on getting the title down and then think of the title and think about an image put everything else aside just think about an image that would most relate to the title and that would be my advice there
0: i have a good trick for this right some sometimes when you're really like Oh my gosh. Cause I'm like, for instance, I make a lot of videos about the housing market and like sometimes you're just spent, you know, like what other image can I talk about, about the freaking housing market? What I'll do is I'll just literally go into Google images and type in housing market, push images and see what comes up. Right. And I just start scrolling mm. through and then all of a sudden then my creative juices start running. So if you have like one like key word that you know that you're using in your title that you want to like have people have a reaction to these images a lot of times are the on the covers of magazines and everything else they've already been tested there's a reason why people are clicking on them so kind of like look at those google images the top ones and see what's working and then use that kind of idea for your thumbnail and that that works that really does work
1: that's great advice because i think people get there's some other advice out there. You know, you should really focus on your branding, right? And, and it's true. You should have some branding on your channel, meaning your channel's banner, your channel's avatar. Beyond that, what I've seen people do is make this mistake where they're like, well, I'm the face of the channel, so I'm going to put my face on all the thumbnails. And so that's half of every, every single thumbnail done for them. And then maybe they're on the left side of the thumbnail and the right side of the thumbnail is just some text every single time. And I see that mistake over and over and over again. And the topic they're covering the video is always interesting. But that's the mistake I see. And I didn't make the video. I don't know the answer to what's a better thumbnail in this case. But what I can tell them is that's not going to work. You know, yes, you branded it. You branded the crap out of your channel. But you already have the benefit of the channel avatar next to every single video that someone pops up and they, they look at your channel in search. There's your name. There's your channel's avatar. That's your branding. That's as far as you need to go. And it's when I'm only so passionate about this right now because I feel like I've been explaining this for years and not getting through to anybody. But I get through, I do get through people. People do come back and say, oh, thank you for that advice. But you don't hear that a whole lot.
0: <laughs> that becomes a big point of contention in my, in my group that I have that they're like, "Well, I've already heard from somebody that my face is my brand and I have to be on the thumbnail." And I'm like, "But it's a your video is about a house and you're trying to no. serve an audience. Show the house. Who cares who you are? Nobody cares who you are." It's a lot of that ego thing that like people have to take that away, you know? Like you don't no. have to be on a thumbnail. And like I talk about real estate all the time. And they, they literally have said, and like, cause I did take a course years ago for real estate agents for YouTube. And they were like, oh yes, every single thumbnail must have the words on there. They told me that like you had to repeat the title on the thumbnail, bad advice, bad, bad, bad advice. They told me that I had to have a bright background and that I should always be to the right of the thumbnail, you know? So I was like, oh, I'm making these thumbnails, man. I'm killing it. You know, like, cause I had this bright pink background, bright words. (laughs) I was doing the, all the whole nine yards But that's not what people click on. Nobody cares about your face. Sorry. Sorry, Jim. Nobody cares about your face. Take it off of there. Show the house. Cause you're, if you're talking about like, if you're talking about the housing market, and the foreclosure crisis, and you're making a face where you're giving that like salesman grin. That is not connecting. That doesn't even make sense. Take your face off of there. Show, throw some fire in the background. Put foreclosure on that. But throw a uh, you know unhappy crying family because they're getting kicked out of their house. That works. <laughs> That's what works. People click on that. Not your uh, perfectly bleached teeth smile.
2: (laughs) I love how passionate you are about this because it's absolutely true. A lot of creators forget that YouTube is a search engine, not just any search engine, the number two largest search engine in the world. So chances are, if somebody is stumbling upon your content, they do not give a crap about your face. (laughs) They want the information, they want the answers, they want whatever it is that they're looking for, that is what they want, that is what they care about. So I'm glad that you passionately highlighted that because so many creators just don't get that through their head. It's about the information and the value that you provide, not you.
0: I think branding coaches do that because that's where I got that from to begin with. That was, I I had hired a branding coach and she was like, your face is your brand. And you're going to have to go ahead and put it on there and every single file, you know, thumbnail and make sure you have a really bright background. So that way you really stand out from all the other thumbnails that are going through YouTube. You know, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to her because she's, you know, she's on YouTube and she's got like a lot of, you know, subscribers. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'd like now she's in an MLM. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, i don't need her youtube help anymore you know she's like i don't do that kind of per- branding coaching anymore i'm like who knew who knew who knew that wasn't a real success for you <laughs>
2: oh well so before we wrap this up here what, what's like the next level for you like obviously you had a lot of success on the last year or so you've gotten your channel to over 100,000 subscribers so where does christina smallhorn take her youtube channel next
0: So, um, I have a, um, plan in my head. I want to, I want to like travel and meet a lot of these people that live in alternative housing options. So at least like once a month, I'm going to have like it almost like an interview. So they basically can show you, this is my house. This is how long I've lived here. These are the things that I've kind of went through that were kind of sucky. You know, this is how I financed it. These are the things that I've learned. This is what I want other people to know if they plan on living in a house like this. And I'm planning on doing one of those once a month. That sounds like a lot of fun. Gets me out of the house, gets me to see people again, which I enjoy. And I, I know that kind of information will help as many people as possible. You know, it really will help them. The other thing is, is that, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if I was at like 500,000 subscribers by the next Vid Summit? That would be really cool. <laughs> I would like to say that I'm, I'm at 500,000 by the next Vid Summit. <laughs>
2: we oh, that, got lofty gold we like yeah okay, well, of, go. Course.
0: Go. of course of course of course i'm excited
1: christina thank you so much for joining us today uh where can folks learn more
0: um well if you're a real estate agent and, and you want to join my group again that's real estate youtube mastermind me and michael Allison do it together you're more than welcome to join it's absolutely free that nobody's going to try to sell you anything it's not like that at all and if you want to just you know watch my channel it's always Christina Smallhorn. That's it. That's it. That's all. I'm not on any, I'm not really on any other social media sites. I should be, but I'm not, <laughs> I stink at all the other ones.
1: <laughs> that is okay. You're doing fantastic without those. So uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Viper. The man of our Turk.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> See you later. Later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of tube talk brought to you by fit IQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.